someone's jelly because she can't do a high note. Boom, baby. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Derbyshire. And you're listening to Crash, Crash on, on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch... We talk about how Pikachu is the ambassador of Japan... We talk about a crazy dude that's going to prove the flat earth theory correct. Okay, I doubt that one. And we also talk about a singer who's almost as good of a singer as me. <laughs> this week and more uh, on, on Crash on My, my couch. couch. Hello! Oh, I was going to go big and then low again. Hi guys, how you doing? Uh, welcome back to Crash on My Couch. I'm Martin Rose. Oh, and I'm... And you're Will Darbyshire, that's your name? <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, I was waiting for us to do that bit. What's the bit that we usually you do? You beat me to it. Oh. I'm Martin Rose, I'm Will Darbyshire. Oh, you're watching, sorry. you're listening to, to Crash, Crash on, on My Couch. Couch. Well, good thing we all did it very concisely this episode. Obviously, after nearly an entire year of recording, we've really fine-tuned this, haven't we? Yes. It very is nice. as slick as it gets. <laughs> Indeed. Skrilly Bum, what's been up with you? I am great. I got back from Costa Rica. You probably yes. didn't know I was there, any of you listeners, because I didn't post anything about it. Ooh. I was off the grid in a rainforest. You heard it here first, guys. Crash um, my couch exclusive. And I just got back from doing that, which was a, a good trip, but it was very tiring. So now I am mellowing out. Yeah. You made some friends on the trip, which is cute. The, the new darlings on Instagram who you've met before are, yeah, are super cute. Very cool people. Um, Green Little Shed. What, uh, what's her? Is yeah, it Green I Little Shed? Green is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been hearing in by proxy all the friends that Will's been making while, while she, he's been running around. But they're all really amazing Instagrammers. So if you're all about that aesthetic, that's a good place to go look. They have it. They have it turned on. Yes, indeed, which so is really fun. That's my week. And then... Uh, yep. And you didn't yes. bring me back any coffee. No, Even though you're working was, with Nespresso. I was worried about um, bringing back coffee. Right. I wasn't sure if it was like a no-no or a thing you're not meant to do. Well, yeah, because, you know, you always hear about America having sort of a rough relationship with the bottom half of itself, a.k.a. South America. Um, especially with all like the Trump talk of like, build a wall, get the drugs out, that sort of thing. When you went through immigration, did you have someone be like, did you shove a balloon up your Yeah, there's hole? so many questions asking yourself. Like, it's probably better I didn't bring coffee because they might have had a weird thing. They probably like... thought you were hiding heroin within the coffee. Yeah, so, they probably would just cut it open and been like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, if you don't know, Will gets really nervous going through immigration. <laughs> so probably best that you didn't smuggle coffee in. I don't think that would have been a great idea although i'm now suffering because we've run out of good beans i'm using trader jones be trader jones trader joe's beans right now mm. which aren't bad but you know it's not it's fresh it's costa rican coffee because i know one thing about coffee now and that that's a lot about coffee i know what i'm saying wait you know one thing about coffee and, and that, it's that you know a lot about coffee <laughs> I'm, I'm the coffee man right now 
I can walk you through the whole process. You, I love how you've come home and haven't told me anything about it. Like, you didn't tell me anything about I what could, you did. I could do this whole episode walking about you coffee? through the whole process of how to make coffee. It is a long and meticulous process. Well, okay, did you get to see, like, the fresh coffee little berries? Like, I saw everything. Everything. You I met some everything. farmers? What were the farmers' names? I saw, I saw a plant growing up to them picking that fucking cherry off and by the way the cherry has to be red not green if it's green it's not fully i kind of i think i knew that coffee beanie i'll tell you right now i think i knew that and then you crack the red one open um take off the first shell and then you have to dry it for a long time Mm -hmm. and then you crack the other shell off and then you have to dry that and then this is a crazy process then you have to like grind it up you have to roast them to grind them up and then yeah and then, and, then you, and then you got a cup of coffee. Legally addictive coffee. But then a lot of the process happens at different places. So, like, you will have a farmer that's, like, growing the coffee and, like, does what he needs to do. Like, then, step like, one. Yeah, but then, like, the roasting and, like, all the other crap that goes with it, like, actually taking off the, like... And Shelling finding, the husk. And finding the uh-huh. the thing itself. Um, that's a different place completely. The bean. The bean. That's fascinating. Okay, well, that, you heard it here first, guys. Will's going to start his own coffee line. It was very cool. And we yep. met. We also met a, a farmer who, like, he was making his own coffee. He does everything by himself. Whoa. So, like, he runs He runs on, like, the most beautiful garden I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a garden, really? not a farm. It had, like, a beautiful, like, place where you could eat, like, a gazebo where you could eat food Ooh. out in, the, in this rainforest. And the garden had, like, a butterfly field just with butterflies all around it. What? Yeah, and he just and had you sure these... he wasn't a Coke dealer? <laughs> <laughs> he just like... had these huge, amazing trees with just these coffee beans growing. And he and his family who live there, like, they pick it themselves. They break off the shell themselves with this, like, little, like, machine they crank up. That's so cute. And then they roast them in a stove. It's, like, w- this, like, iron stove they've made. Wow. And then they did it. And, like, they had it on the different things on the table. Hold the fucking phone. Did you get to taste that coffee? Um, That's Nespresso's coffee. It's his that's coffee. That's Nespresso's coffee. Which one? Like, is there a specific coffee that we need to be buying that's just his? No, it's all Nespresso's coffee. It's just him. Well... I mean, the other farmers, but his he's, like, one of the big farmers. That makes me so excited. Well, that's why Nespresso coffee is so good. So good. And, boy, this Th- isn't is branded. This, I was about to say, it sounds like we're like, grab a cup of joe. This, no. This isn't branded at all. But, no, 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 no. Uh, no. I, I, I had a spiritual coffee experience I'm uh, while I was so there. jealous. It was I'm, great. I'm really jealous that you didn't tell me about this either until now. I feel like I'm sharing this I'm glad I did. I'm glad I'm telling you now. Well, this is what this podcast is all about, Will, is us just being able to share our feelings with each other. At all times. But yeah. It, other it, people listen. It makes a difference, like, a good cup of coffee versus a bad cup of coffee now. Uh, yeah, I agree. He says while drinking Starbucks. So, that's good. But you know what? My my dad always says that Starbucks has the most burnt coffee. That's what he says. It's just burnt. Well, it was funny because um, we mm-hmm. were um, talking about how people like their coffee. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the guys there who does the coffee tasting. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, with coffee tasting, you have to, like, take your coffee and go... <laughs> You just slurp. Slurp, and then you spit it out. Did you do that? Yeah. So you have to, like, so this guy went around this table, and he was, like, like he had, like, 20 uh, cups of coffee, like, all different ones. And they're all warm? They're and all, like, is. hot? They're all hot, and he would spin the table around and go, <laughs> like, and, and, like, they would all go in, and he would just be tasting them and make sure they were good. What? Yeah, it was nuts. And uh, he was, anyway, so this guy's, like, a pro. And so, you loved it. Will loves a pro. If you need to know then, one thing about Will, he loves someone who's like an expert. And oh then my gosh! He he was like he was like um, 
He was like, you know, I actually like a, like a cup of coffee in the morning with milk. And everybody turned around and, like, gasped. Wait, what? Was that, like, not a cool thing Yeah, because you're meant to just have, like, a... You're, like, tainting the, the coffee if you're adding, like, milk Any and additives. sugar and stuff to it. That's not so what... how do they feel about, like, lattes or baristas? Well, you know, like, obviously, it's just personal preference. But, like, if you want, like, a raw coffee, you just have it black. You know what I mean? That is fascinating. Did everyone gasp? Like, <gasps> yeah. And he was uh, like, he was like, what? Like, I like a black coffee in the afternoon, and then like in the morning, I like uh, milk and sugar. Oh my gosh! Well, I really like this guy. I appreciate him. Well, I'm glad I got to hear about your Costa Rica so there you experience. Go. There you go, guys. Mm-hmm, very nice. I uh, two days ago, Mr. Student Body President season two premiered. So yes. that's what I've been primarily doing. That's what I've been. And it's great. Oh yes, people. it is. Honestly, I'm so proud of it. We got to see eight episodes of it. Yeah, I, um, I wish I could see the last two. But I, I probably can't for a while now. No, right? now you're gonna have to wait like two months for it. Oh. How weird is that? Um, yeah, we, we got to see... And you know what's funny? It, it really reads like a movie in a lot of ways. Like when you watch the entire series through, you're it's very linear in the sense that mm. you can kind of watch it from start to finish and, and binge it. Yeah, I and, didn't know when we watched all eight of them, like when one ended. Well, I did because of the, the title logo. Uh-huh. But like you, I, I could have watched the whole thing and not known where one ends and one Yeah, one, and one begins, begins yeah. which is good. Yeah, so the last two episodes we didn't get to see. I haven't even seen the last two episodes. So I'm, like, really excited to see those, mm. like, in the next two months. But the first two episodes are out now on Go90 if you want to go watch them. Uh, they're hilarious. I'm so proud of them. I worked incredibly hard on them, and so did everyone else. So, uh, yeah, definitely go watch it. It's definitely worth watching. But either way, so that's what I I've was up to. I've been busy doing that. Killing the game, uh, as usual. Thank you. And uh, we're back anyway. We will we'll get into this podcast. We'll get into <laughs> the nitty gritty of what we're actually talking about today. Since we just talked about Nespresso coffee and Mr. Student Vice President for like an hour, yes. it's, let's talk about what, we're, what we want to talk about. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about the first thing today. Go. And the first thing we were talking about is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, so I'm revisiting the flat Earth uh, theory we've been speaking about previously. Oh yes. How long ago was it that we did the flat Earth one? That must have been months, months and months ago. It must have been months ago. Like, well, what do you what, what do you have to tell us? Oh, you know what it was? It was because B O B. Oh yeah, B-O-B that believed. crazy critter. Yeah, uh, that crazy dude thought that he was he was convinced that flat Earth theory was correct. So, um, someone sent me this article. Oh, yeah, wait. By the way, all, this entire episode is pretty much driven by you guys because we've gotten so many amazing suggestions on Twitter for different segments, movie ideas, all of that sort of thing. Not actually making a movie, movie segment ideas. Um, and and just thank you so much for sending in all of your suggestions because it means a lot to have you guys not only get feedback from you but be involved in this in some way. So shout out the lady or gentleman that also sent you the article. Squillian. Yes. Uh, the, so Prisha sent me the article. Prisha. And that is sea of bitter on twitter it's a great i am a sea of great bitter. at mm-hmm. uh so she's actually provided two of the topics we're going to be talking about today yeah killing it prisha uh so the first thing is obviously this flat earth theory and this guy and by the way this article is on npr this guy called mad mike hughes oh i trust his and opinion if you're gonna add a mad to the beginning of your name you already know like we're going down a wrong a wrong road right here uh-huh. so he's built a powered rocket built of salvagement metals okay 
And so he his, went to a junkyard. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and his launch pad is repurposed from a used mobile home. I feel very confident. And he is confident okay. that this will mark the first step towards proving the Earth is flat. Um, can I take a guess at what he's going to do? Tell me. He's going to hop in that rocket and try to go as high as he damn well can to see that the Earth is flat. So this, this is what he had to say from himself. Like a lunatic. Okay. I don't believe in science. Oh, I already feel happy about that. I know about aerodynamics and fluid dynamics and how things move through the air and about the certain size of rocket nozzles and thrusts. But that's not science. That's just a formula. There's no difference between science and science fiction. Wait, uh, no. (laughs) Uh, Just categorically incorrect. What you just said about thermodynamics is science. That is all science. That's science. The formula itself is science. I already hate this guy. Keep going. The plan, as stated, is to send himself 1,800 feet high in the air at a speed of 500 miles an hour before finally pulling out his parachute, which one hopes would not be the same one he used for his launch in 2014. Oh, God. He's going to kill himself. So, Hughes, who's 61, by the way, told a flat earth community that the flight, which the AP said took him a quarter mile across the Arizona desert, ended when he pulled his parachutes two of which he said were at least 20 years old at the time and one of them didn't open so one of the parachutes didn't work but he the other one did yeah i mean fortunately yeah he's still living and breathing you um, say fortunately but i don't know how fortunate we are about that <laughs> so that was like kind of like the first time he was tinkering with it like he like was able to get some of it to work and then yeah his parachute didn't work oh god so i mean this can't end well can it no, and I think part of, like, I, now that I know that it's on NPR as well, I feel like this is just supposed to be one of those things where, like, smart people or people that have, like, an ounce of brain cells can go, ha, 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 what a dummy numb nut. Yes. And, like, just think it's funny that he's going to go and explode himself in the sky. But it does kind of suck that he's going to actually go through with this because, hey, here's a little PSA. Don't make a homemade rocket and shoot yourself into the atmosphere without a parachute that works or yeah. one that's 20 years yes. old. Yes, yes. Maybe don't do that. And then also don't do that to try to prove that the flat earth theory is real and, and verified because you're going to be so disappointed on so many different levels, especially medically. Very yeah. disappointed. But I love I love the title of this article, which is, I don't believe in science, says Flat Earther, set to launch himself in an own, in his own rocket. <laughs> That's me when, when Donald Trump doesn't get impeached. I'm going to shoot myself into the atmosphere. It's just, I mean, I wonder what he, because you'd have to get really high in order to be able to, like, see that the world is round. Like obviously, you have to be like you I, have to be in space to be able to you be have like to be on the fucking moon. Basically, you have to because you can't like other than seeing the curve. Like you might be able to see the curve, but you're not going to see the whole Earth until yeah. you're far enough away, like like a couple miles away from Earth. Yeah, like you're not going to be. <laughs> I say a couple. Like, I don't know what he thinks <laughs> he's going to accomplish by getting up into like. Oh, he's he does the he, sky. No, he knows he's not going to accomplish anything. I'm I'm fully convinced with most flat earthers or people who believe these kind of things. It's I think most of the time it's shock factor. 
why else would he contact a news agency, get in an NPR article, <laughs> other than to have a controversial opinion and be on some kind of, like, news site for fame? Like, these kind of people, they're not – they don't actually have convictions. I don't – I cannot believe that they actually believe the things that they do. Oh, no. they. I'm sure he absolutely believes that the world's laugh. Maybe, but I don't think that – I think that part of that belief has stemmed from him just liking to have the controversial opinion. I mean, he's 61. If you still believe that the flat, the earth is flat at 61, you just like having an opposing opinion. <laughs> like, there's no way that you can believe that for that long amount of time. Yeah. So, well, actually, no, because he said that he'd been a flat earther for about a year. So this is like a new revelation he's had. And suddenly, within a year, he wants to shoot himself into space. He's like, oh, wait a minute. No, he's riding, you know what he is? He's riding this wave. He's riding that. He's riding that sweet, sweet flat earther. But he's a wave. nutter. I mean, he's made a rocket out of salvaged metals. Like this yeah. guy can't be, can't be like too switched on. I think you're giving him too credit, like to even think that he's gonna be riding the wave. He thinks the world's flat. He's made a rocket out of salvaged metals. It but it is, flies. It, and he's, he he already shot himself up. He's using uh, the the landing spot from a mobile home. Like you know what though? But on okay, inversely, let's flip this script a little bit. Inversely. He sounds like he's someone who actually has a lot of convictions and and is probably like relatively intelligent scientifically just because I mean it takes a lot to build a rocket that you can even shoot in like yourself partially oh, into the said, air. He said and I quote, I don't believe in science. No, no, but he, no, I'm saying he's an idiot because he doesn't believe that like science exists even though he's literally been applying the rules of science to his entire life. But I'm saying that if, in a weird circumstance, if we somehow just took out the part of his brain that made him, like, a nutty nut bar, he would actually probably be, like, a pretty interesting scientist. Like, he could probably work on, on like, a rocket that would be successful. I don't elsewhere. know. I think I you're know. giving him way too much credit. I don't know. I just find it fascinating that he can even shoot him. But he shot himself in the air. Like, could you build a rocket and shoot yourself in the air? I mean... Maybe if I had enough no. time and enough salvaged medals on my hand. <laughs> and a mobile home. We don't know how long this is, is taking him to make this. Well, he said he did his first one in 2014. And this is now he has his new one done. It's only been three years. That's pretty good. I'm watching the video now just to see if it's like... I mean, it just goes into the air. Like, it's not very... It doesn't get very high. I mean, given your ride, like... He's riding in it, though. That's like 160 pounds of, like, person... That is being lifted into the air. That's pretty yeah, but skilled. It's odd. It's like it's where do you not, get jet fuel? It's not like it's going in the right direction. It's completely out of control. Like going like horizontally and vertically. Like he doesn't know where he's going. He's in the desert. <laughs> it's not like he's like like finesse this rocket here. Like no, I know it's not a super skilled rocket. I didn't expect him to be able to. Because if he did, he wouldn't be a nutty person that was a flat earther. But like. At the same time, I just I just need to press him to, in general to be able to control that kind of thing. I'm just shocked that he hasn't died. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If he can keep himself alive, that's a pretty big skill. Um. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Pretend. Moving on. Okay. Tell me about tell me about our next segment. Ooh. Okay. You want me to hit it up? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Our next segment is what the fuck Japan? What the fuck Japan? Okay. So I have something fun. And it is that Japan has gone apeshit in the best kind of way. Um, that makes a change. Yep. So I got sent this tweet by Angelina on Twitter. Uh, her at is at dub dubububdubu. Yeah, ninety eight. We're gonna try to dubububdub. Nope. Nope. 
Thanks, Angelina. Yep, thank you, Angelina. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try anymore. Um, yes, she sent me an article. Not an article, a tweet, actually. But I, I think this actually applies very well. So there's no article source to this other than Angelina, so thank you. But this is on Kono Taro's uh, verified Twitter. And he is the foreign minister of Japan. Uh, and he basically, you know, is a super dope dude. He doesn't have that many followers, which is shocking because now that I've seen this tweet, I want to follow him. Is he is he verified? Is he a real person? Yep, he's okay, a real good. person and he is actually the foreign ambassador. We're not getting trolled. No, no, no. But what he did, which is maybe the most genius thing in the entire world, uh, this tweet says, I have appointed Pikachu and Hello Kitty as ambassador to promote the city of Osaka for the 2025 Expo Host City. Amazing. So, so Pikachu... Look, they're giant. I mean, you can't see the pictures, but this tweet, I'll, I'll try to retweet it by the time this episode comes out. Um, it's giant. It's people in costumes of Pikachu they and Hello Kitty. They love Hello Kitty, don't they? Oh. I mean, they love Pikachu as well. But. Oh, yeah, but Sanrio is, like, a big-time thing in Japan. But, I mean, you know, it spreads because I love Hello Kitty, too. But, like, can you imagine? He's giving Pikachu, like, a man in a giant Pikachu costume, like... A certificate of authority as an ambassador for the city of Osaka. I mean, it seems it seems justified. Uh, this, I mean, this is just one step away from them giving robots ambassadorship. Like, I'm excited for that. Because have you seen the new robot, Sophie, that came out? No, but that sounds absolutely terrifying. Oh, honey, it's creepy as hell. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next episode. Does it episode. have, like, a, a brain and all that crap? Yeah, and it speaks for itself. It's, like, self-aware. Ooh. Like, they're like, how are you doing today, Sophie? And she's like, I'm pretty good. I mean, I guess, isn't everyone good? I just have such a purpose in this life. Like, it's, that she's talking for herself. not a good idea. Yeah, it's terrifying. But all I'm saying is, I want her inside Pikachu and inside Hello Kitty. But you know what else is annoying? Like, okay, if you look at the picture of, of the two different characters that they gave the plaque to, obviously the Pikachu is, like, chibi form, so it's not, like, creepy long man arms. It's, like... Like little short mm. Pikachu arms, little short legs. Yeah. They didn't do the same thing for Hello Kitty. Hello, Hello Kitty looks fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, like, Hello Kitty she has is like... long ass arms and long ass legs. She looks like a person, like a giant person yeah, with a doll so... costume. You know, on. that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's so weird. It's weird. Like, why isn't Hello Kitty chibi form? Like, little cute nugget. Like, you guys need to see these pictures, but seriously, it looks like a grown-ass man in a Hello when Kitty did costume. You, when did you come across Pokemon for the first time? When was, like, your... The genesis of my Pokemon yeah. life? Like, how did you come across that? I think I wasn't even, like, born. Like, because Jitsam is... She's he's six years older than me? Yeah, he's six years older than me. And I think he got his first Game Boy when I was, like... Like, literally an infant. Mm. Like, one or two. And he must have been, like, seven or eight. When he got his first Game Boy. Let me look it up, actually, when the first Pokemon, like, thing came out. Yeah, because I feel like it was, like, really early 90s. But it might have been, like, 95? Because I think Poke Pokemon's so... Um, Pokemon Yellow was the first one, so look up Pokemon Yellow release date. Well, the 20th anniversary was last year, February 27, 2016. So that would mean that... 96? Um, it came out in 96. Well, then there you go, yeah. So I was like one... I was one years old. One, one year one years one old. One years old. I was a total one years old. Um, yeah, I was an infant when my brother got it. So I was exposed to Pokemon from a very early age. Um, like, I remember stealing my brother's Game Boy when I was like four or five to try to play Pokemon because I thought it was so cool. Yeah, they had like Pokemon uh, 
red and green, Pokemon blue, Pokemon yellow, like in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I remember playing. I remember playing all those games, and I remember the I, like. For Did the, you play original Game Boy? Did you have like an original yeah. color? Do you remember Game Boy Colors when it, you could finally have? I colors? had one before that. I had the yellow one, which didn't have. Uh, which is the black and white one. The black and white one. Uh-huh. Then I had the Game Boy Color with the light that you could plug in. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And do you remember? Oh my gosh! Do you remember that little cartridge that you could plug in called Game Shark, and it would like give you cheats and stuff? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I had that. Oh my gosh, I always wanted one because it was before you could like look up like how to get past something on the internet. You know what I mean? Like video games have changed so much because people can now just like look up a solution to something. But back in the day, you had to buy a guide. Do you remember having to get Game Shark? Yeah, guides? you had to buy. You had to buy a guide. Uh, you know, it was funny. There were so many different versions of the Game Boy. Like I got so used to just like asking my mom for another one because they had the Game Boy. Um, game Boy. They had the one which was backlit. Like the Game Boy Color, which was backlit, so you didn't oh, need the light. Oh, yeah. You had the Game Boy uh, Advance, which was the one that looked like a little um, Tingle. Tingle uses it. In, yeah, and it's like kind of pink. Uh, in Wind Waker, Wind yeah. Waker, that you use a Tingle. It's like thing. all the colors, are like kind of like a pastely pink and blue. They're that that clear. They called it crystal. Yeah, like blue crystal. Yeah. I had the pink crystal. And one. you could see through into like uh-huh. the yeah the mechanism. The other one was Game Boy SP. I loved SP? the Game Boy SP. Oh, and it was like a little square and it would fit in your pocket so well. I loved that one. And you could still play Game Boy Advance games on it. Yeah. That was always the annoying part was when you had to switch cartridges yeah. over. Yeah. Because then from Game Boy, from SP, then it, then DS came out, didn't it? Yeah, there was probably some more iterations. But yeah, the big one was the DS. And the DS was chunky. Do you remember the first DS? I had Nintendogs on the first DS. I was so hyped when the first... Oh. Anyway... Coming back to Pokemon. Wait, oh um, yeah, so we're talking about Pokemon. Well, sorry, I just realized where we're going with this. Well, you know there's a new Pokemon com- game coming out soon, which is exciting. Yes. Maybe, I, is it 2018 or 2019? That's yeah, they're, be- they're hoping next year will come out, but apparently like they're panicking because like there's so much pressure on the Pokemon people For to come out good. good. Yeah, because like... Because this is the first console, the official first console game that you could walk around in the Pokemon world. And I was telling Will, because Will hasn't really played a lot of the recent Pokemon games, although I have been I play them religiously. I don't think I've played the last iteration, but I played Black and White and uh, Diamond and Pearl and Moon and... What was it? Moon and Sun? Yes. I played those. So I've played all like the newest ones. And those operate like you would run around in a console. So I don't see how it could be bad. I played Pokemon Stadium. Oh, that um, was ages ago. It's N64, bro. Uh, no, that was the first game I played, and I, I, I played some of the Pokemon games after that, but I didn't... Yeah, I feel like I stopped playing. But I remember when I went to the... Uh, I got invited... My mom somehow scored tickets to the premiere of the Pokemon movie in... Uh, Big surprise. In, uh, like, 2000 or whatever it was, 2001. It, it was 2000, and that was a dark movie. Like, Mewtwo was, like, figuring out like who he was in this world and realizing that he was a genetically modified Pokemon. Yeah, it like, was... Like, he was fucked up. It was really cool. And I think, um, actually, I was given a special card to go to the premiere, but I do have no idea where they are. It's probably worth so much money now. Babe, you gotta find that card. And then, I'm um, mad at you now. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, so you go in and then all the... Um, in the lobby around the film are Pokemon Stadium, like, consoles. So I would just play Pokemon Stadium before I went to go see the film. That's so cute. Yeah, it's very cute. London does, um, like, events so well. Pokemon. Yes. Pokemon. Yeah, it's so funny how, like, Pokemon was so, like, vital to everyone's upbringing. Everyone's so used to it. Like, that's why everyone's hyped for this next Pokemon game. It's because we want it to be good. You want a a real-life Pokemon game. 
Like, if, if we didn't have the goods, we would all be very upset. So that being said, I mean, I get the ambassadorship. Mm-hmm. I get why Pikachu is deserving of it. Oh, 100%. And Hello Kitty, I think, is I don't know anything about well. Hello Kitty, but that's a huge thing as well in Japan. Well, yeah, I think Hello Kitty, I think almost what they did was give... And obviously a lot of women love Pokemon. That's why I was just talking about Pokemon for, like, ages. But it feels like they gave, like, the boys the Pokemon, and then they were, like, also Hello Kitty. Because Hello Kitty is a huge thing in Japan. And I love Hello Kitty, so yeah. I totally get it. Like, yeah. I 100% understand the love. I don't really know... There's not really, like, a Hello Kitty movie or a video game that I've really ever played. Like, there's never, like... I, I feel like there's not a lot of... Like entertainment to Hello Kitty, like mm. there is with Pokemon. Like I'm Pokemon sure, has movies and games. I'm sure there is, but maybe it hasn't. It's more like just a cultural symbol. Like yeah. Hello Kitty is like, I, I I could see Hello Kitty anywhere, and you know it's Hello Kitty. You know what I mean? Like you could see like her bow, Hello Kitty's bow, and you would know that that's Hello Kitty. Yeah, it's one of the most recognizable yeah. brands. Yeah. in existence. Yeah. I I believe. Yeah, and so I I guess I understand why that is a thing, but also it's very fashion driven. Hello Kitty is like a very fashion. You're right. Uh, brand like even now, like Lazy Oaf did a Hello Kitty collab. Really? Yeah, they did. Oh, that's cool. It was really cute. Yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a cool, a cool brand. So I get it. You know what, Japan? You're killing it. You're doing this right. Also, funny though that it's the ambassador of they they're going to be ambassadors of Osaka because Osaka is sort of the old city. You would think that it would be like I don't know Tokyo. <laughs> Like, they would be the ambassadors of yeah, Tokyo. That's but true. I guess not. I guess Osaka got them. Not a problem, though. I love it. Um, moving on to okay. our final segment oh, yes. of the day. Indeed. So, the last segment we're going to be talking about today is. Go science! Go science! Go science! So, Prisha, Sea of Bitter. Oh, yeah, our girl. As well. Our girl. What up, Prisha? Thank um, you for sending us so many good things. And this is on Live Science, and it's. The title is, How Did an Opera Singer Hit the Highest Note Ever Sung at the Met? Whoa. So, how um, did it? Will, how, how did how did she do it, Will? I'm, I'll, I'll tell you. So, tell it's a note so high, it may register as more of a squeak to some. <laughs> oh, wait a second. She just squeaked. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> and they're like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a high A above a high C, and it's... Being sung for the first time ever at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City by soprano Audrey Luna. Luna sings the note which has never been sung in the 100-year-plus history of the Metropolitan. Wow. In the opera The Exterminating Angel. Oh. Um, <laughs> Ooh. So, to produce any notes, this is, I'm just going to give a bit of backstory to this. Because, okay. I mean, if you try and, like, go really high, like, a, how high, I, I, this is going to be horrible for people to listen to. That's not high, <laughs> that's, that's not, just... That's like, not high, it's just... <laughs> you can go higher than I, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, while you're looking at... While you're reading this, I'm going to try to look up the video for it so okay. we can double-team this. So to produce any note or any vocal sound for that matter, you need three things. An energy source, a sound source, and a resonance chamber. These are the same components needed for any acoustic musical instrument. And I guess you could think of the voice as an instrument. So this article says... The energy source in the vocal sound is a person's breath, and that breath makes the vocal cords vibrate and produce sound waves. Um, so that's the second component, the sound source. And those sound waves bounce around in the mouth and throat, and that's the third component, the resonance chamber. So um, when a person speaks, the vocal cords vibrate, and the frequency of uh, those vibrations determines the pitch of the person's voice. 
Um, during normal speech, the vocal cords vibrate on average at a frequency of 100 to 110 cycles per second. The A note that orchestrates use to tune their instruments has a frequency of 440 hertz. So, get this. In other words, Luna, who was at the opera, uh-huh. if she held that note for one second, her voice cords would have vibrated 1,760 times. Whoa. Yeah. So, it says here that the A note is... 430 hertz. You jump up an octave and the frequency doubles to 880 hertz. Then jump up one more to 1760. And that's the high A note. It's also called the high A above C, which is what she sounds. Is it A6? Is that what it's called? Uh, if you type... You could probably just type in... Because um, I think I found... It's not... I don't think it's A6, Ard. Oh. It's not A6. You're not going to be able to find it because it's the opera like this week. But the, I think the point is, is like you can't even really hear it. That's how high it is. Oh. Like it's not something you can even kind of. It's like it, a dog whistle. It sounds like a squeak to some people. It's a dog whistle. Okay. So dogs across the world are infuriated. Dogs like, what is that? What um, is it? What is it? Can you imagine if she just like actually congregated a million dogs in New York City or where, where was she the Met? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like so Oliver she... and company, they'll come out of the sewers <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? What? They're um, all just like gathered. Honestly, that if I had to have one superpower, it was that I have such a high squeak that I could get every single dog to come to me all at the same time. That would yeah. be my dream. So those vocal cords to vibrate at such a high frequency need to be stretched out in order to do that. And the resonance chamber of the throat and mouth needs to be smaller through movements of the mouth and throat to reach a higher note. So... So you have to train to... You have to basically, like, train yourself to be able to, like, hit that high note. That's unreal. And it's never been done before. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. But she did it. Yeah, she did it. And there's video of it. We just can't find it. I don't think there is a video of it. They probably... Oh, you know what? I see what you're saying. They probably don't let them show it because this show is still in the opera right now. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you. Yeah, so it leads to better press if they can just get people to come in and watch it. All right. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Well, either way... (sighs) fascinating i wish we could show you guys what it is okay well can you demonstrate with the note then yeah it 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 probably sounds quite a bit like this that's probably what it sounds like in fact you don't need the video just listen to me again what if what if that's what you the sound you made when you orgasmed yeah that would sound amazing how high of a note can you do I don't even know. I think it'd just be a squeak. But do what she does. She's like. <laughs> okay, now we're just after we're, a while. We're giving people like, after, brain aneurysms. After a while, it just sounds like you're just like squealing. Well, not even that. You're just like kind of breathing. You're like. <laughs> you're just like out of breath. You're just gasping for air. All I know is neither of us should ever be in an opera. What if, like, you know, like... I'm nervous. Your body is designed to be good at, like, a one thing, right? There's something... <laughs> what do you mean? There's something, like, which you're born to do better than anybody else, okay? Well, maybe. Or maybe you're just remarkably ordinary. maybe you're ordinary. just completely average. But we're not going to go with that because that's sad. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what she wants to do. But maybe we meant to be doing something else. Maybe... Oh, no. I have an incredible opera voice okay, okay and i would never know all right and i would never know okay no you do know and you don't <laughs> no because it's different to just like you know 
singing along, you have to be able to hit those high notes. And baby, I can do it. Okay, fine. Then you know what? This is where it starts. You're going to start your opera training Maybe right I'm meant now. to be like, it's just this really successful opera person. Yep. You know what? Yeah, sure. Let's disregard everyone else that has trained since they were like five years old to do it. And yeah, you can just do it. All I'm saying is, is it's an untapped resource I might have. Okay. Might have is the key word. I'll say that right now. Might. Might. Someone's jelly because she can't do a high no. Boom, baby. <laughs> that was enough evidence that I needed <laughs> to think you were the biggest dork that's ever existed. Um, so, yeah, there we go, guys. I don't know what this episode was or was about. We kind of rambled on quite a bit. Um, that, that's what makes it enjoyable, though. Uh, Am I right? Um, uh, thank you to everyone that gave us amazing suggestions, by the way. You have led us into a very fun episode today. Yes. Uh, keep sending them on... Keep sending them. Keep sending them to us um, on Twitter using the hashtag Crash on My Couch. You can send them to both of us as well. Yes, and please send us the hashtag because, and, and the reason being, um, it's a lot easier for us to find them because we record them. You know, we record episodes every couple weeks, and so we try to stockpile on Twitter as much as we can. But I like a lot of political tweets, so I lose a lot of the likes like that I have liked of your. They lose into the the political Twitter abyss. They do of me just being infuriated. So I'm sorry, but yes. So please, because otherwise we kind of have to go down a little bit of a rabbit trail, which isn't a problem. But at the same time, if it's all concise in a hashtag, it makes it real easy to find. Um, and on that note, uh, we will see you all next, next week. week. You guys have a good one. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Orton. Thank you, everyone.